Just a quick note for sensitive ears, there are a few curse words in this episode. All right, welcome back to The Hangs. This is episode two. We're here with Alan Blanchard. My name is Nick Finzer, and we are continuing what we started last time. Uh, just kind of trying to talk about life, talk, talk about music, and get out of our uh, interviewing mode of most of our episodes on outside of music. And uh, so today we're going to, I think, start off by talking about some stuff having to do with the Grammys, because today is Tuesday, uh, February 12th, when we're recording this. It's going to be a few weeks before it comes out, but uh, Tuesday, February 12th, we're talking about the Grammys. Alan, what's up? Well, man, you know, like it's always interesting to see the uh, the Grammy stuff, you know, because especially like the, the jazz usually isn't televised or anything. Um, so I, I remember always, uh, and we actually get to hear about it earlier than everything else since they uh, they showed it earlier in the day. I think, to my understanding, yeah, it happens during the afternoon. Yeah. So um, I mean, I would say I, I know that you've looked through them too. Like, there's some things that I definitely expected to have happened. Um, other things were a little more surprising than, than that. But, you know, for example, like, did you, you know, the category for best jazz vocal albums, did you know all the albums that were in that? I did not. I just saw that Cecile won. Right. And like the other ones that were competing were, um, this new Freddie Cole record, um, okay. Kurt Elling, the questions like a, uh, Gary Versace and Kate McGarry and Keith Gons won, mm-hmm. um, and a Raul, Raul Medon oh, okay. yeah. won, um, but Cecile won with The Window, which, I mean, is a phenomenal album, um, and that was one of those that I kind of definitely expected to happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of momentum behind her, and people know who she is, and come, people, you know, I think that, that really helps to have that momentum. Yeah, and it's Sullivan, Sullivan Fortner playing with her, too. He's, he was, he's ridiculous, man. Yeah, he is crazy. Good. Crazy good. Um, but I think it gets a little interesting with, uh, well, okay, the other one, you know, like the best jazz instrumental album, like Wayne Shorter won, surprise. Yeah, but I mean, it, uh, I would say that it doesn't always have work out that way. I mean, it should have, but, and it should. I yeah, I mean, it was great. Her. Have you seen seen or heard that performance? Uh, I was just listening to it, actually. Um, yeah, well, well, what are your thoughts on it? Because they performed that, um, like that band went on tour a little bit. Right? And they came and performed that here as part of opening nights with our um, wind orchestra or our condensed wind orchestra version, um, performing that that work that he has. That, it, to my understanding, is kind of like uh, his take on space and putting music to space. Yeah. He. I. I don't. So what, I what, thought I mean, it was actually think about like a, there was like a graphic novel that went along with it. I thought. I'm pretty sure. All right, well, then I might be completely losing my mind. But, I mean, he's all about yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's all about that. I mean, I, li- I was just listening to, um, uh, not just, but this was a couple weeks ago, so I'm kind of paraphrasing what I remember, but there was a New York Times Pop Matters podcast that where they actually were talking about jazz and talking about big band, and they were talking about this project, this Eminon uh, project, and they were saying that, they were kind of comparing it to like Marvel and like saying that it was like this whole universe of characters that he kind of created in this graphic novel and that it was like kind of more related to like a lot of the music he was making in the early 70s. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but if people want to check that out, they can go and maybe listen to that. But that's it was all about him creating like his own little like own alternate universes almost. 
Yeah. Okay. I see exactly why you're doing that. I started looking things up. So the thing that he did on tour with us was actually a work that was commissioned uh, by us, um, JFK Performing Arts Center, the Monterey Jazz Festival, and a festival in uh, Poland called the Unfolding, which was about space and scientific, like the Big Bang and all that. Yeah. Um, well, this is cool, man. Like now it's going to be interesting. I wonder if I can, uh, I'm sure you can order the book somewhere to go along with it. Yeah, I think you can order like a whole package with the book and everything. The music right, because I, I know like he was like he, he very much uh, I don't know if it's his decision or someone else's, but they weren't streaming it for the longest time. Right, but it's on Spotify now. I just listened to it on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. I mean, that's 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 cool then, man. It's it's always interesting to see um, like Dave Chisholm with us. You know, has that graphic novel that's paired with his music. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how pe- new people are thinking of, or how people are thinking of um, I- engaging their music more than just music. You know, whether it be like sh- what Sean Jones was doing with dance, or, or all all these different ideas coming across. And now we've seen graphic novels coming into play a couple times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because I mean the medium is changing, and people still want something to to remember the music. They want something to remember the project by but nobody has a cd player and it's just streaming and it's not physical and people i don't know i think people you know want to have something that reminds them of the performance or the music even if they don't ever listen to it like they might just have a cd and they want it to be signed because they enjoyed the time but it has nothing to do with actually wanting to play the cd so and i think that something like that that tells the story of the music or tell it sets the stage for the concept of the music is really cool and interesting right. to people that find those things cool and interesting <laughs> but right. if you just listen to I mean, Cardi let's, B let's, then it's like, let's talk know, about that real quick <laughs> no I mean I agree I agree but I will say man you kind of hit a sore spot, spot with me there with the uh, no more CD drives Why because Apple a... computers I love you guys <laughs> but there's no CD drives in their computers anymore I know there's not and then new cars like my car doesn't have a CD player in it. I can't even Man, listen to my own my CD. Because, like, I don't, I don't know if you're still like this. Yeah, but I, I still very much love buying CDs and having, like, an actual physical disc in my hand that I will listen to, you know? And it's not just that I burn it once and then I only listen on my computer. Like, I'll still take, you know, a couple CDs, put them in the car, and, like, listen to those for the week. Yeah, well, you're in the minority. Most people don't do that anymore. Yeah, man. I don't know. Um, so then, I guess the next—I <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, there's, I'm, I'm going to lose that battle. I know I am. Yep. You can't uh, compete against um, Apple. They're going to so, win. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred. They don't—they don't care about what I have to say at all. They're going to release another, you know, iPhone that does the same thing that I'm still going to buy. Yep. They own you. <laughs> they own uh, you. You might be hit it right on the nail um man i think the big thing that caught me off guard though with the grammys was uh this john diversa record taking like three grammys you why why? tell me why because to me it didn't seem that surprising um to me it was surprising because like like when i logically think about it it makes complete sense you know, and when I think about it in the sense of like 
the 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 project as a whole mm-hmm. makes complete sense. Yeah. But when I look at some of the things like, um, you know, and again, I, I'm putting saying all of this in context with a complete understanding that all of these musicians are way better than me. Um, but like some of the one of the things that caught more off guard at, off of it was like him being um, him winning best improvised jazz solo. Okay. I didn't think that was as clear necessarily as it winning um, like best large jazz ensemble. Um, I saw that happening, you know, just because of not even necessarily the the competition it was going against, just like what it was purely able to do um, with the ensemble and whatnot and the, the project as a whole. I was just kind of surprised when it came down to the, the um, and of course, you know, we'll never know, you know, how close were the votes or, you know, anything like that. But that one caught me off guard personally because, like, the rest, you know, other people was competing with, against was, like, a Regina Carter solo, a Fred Hirsch solo on We See. Um, I think that's off a Live in Europe album. Um, Dida off of the Brad Meldow's, like, Seymour Reads the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And then a Miguel Zenon one. And, like, man, everyone on that list can obviously play. Yeah, totally. Um, I just know personally I enjoyed some of the other tracks a little more. Well, um, I think the that there's – gives us a chance to lift the veil a little bit about how it all works um, because I think that will answer your question. And what I mean about how it all works, I mean like how all the voting works. So basically, if you are a music industry person and you've, I think you have to, you have to provide credits to the Recording Academy to sign up, but like it's a very small amount of credits that either you're a performer or you're a producer or you're related to the project in some way or another. And you basically just pay them whatever the rate is, 200 bucks or 180 bucks, whatever it is, I forget, to be in the Recording Academy. And if you're a member of the Recording Academy, then you get to vote for the Grammys. So basically you just pay to be in it, first of all. And then... You can only vote in a certain number of categories, right? So, mm, okay. So, people, like categories that you're a part of is basically what you can vote in. Like, if you're a jazz musician, you can only vote for jazz-related categories, or is that like a numbers game? Or do you oh, know? Well, this would make sense, but actually, no. It's you just pick whatever five <laughs> categories you want to vote for. Okay, right. That's great. So, you know, you vote in the categories where your friends are, or you vote in the category where there's people you want to win, or you vote for yourself, you know, whatever. And um, so people are lobbying each other to vote. And so it really could just come down to the fact that, you know, it's all momentum based. And if he's, if you're nominated in the most categories and you're launching the broadest campaign, you're going to get the most people to be able to vote for you because, because you're, you're trying to be the most visible. For example, like his, cause his thing was vote was um, nominated in several categories, right? Well, right. Like Miguel's record was only in one category. So no matter what, his name is not showing up in all these different categories. Right. So, so like, when you're going through, you're like, and I only know this because I've seen people do it or I've gotten texts before like, oh, who should I vote for in the Grammy jazz category? I'm like, and I always respond, if you don't know what who these people are, then you shouldn't be voting in the category. However, 
there's plenty of people right. that just vote. And if John DeVersa is there three times, they're probably going to assume that, oh, he must be like Herbie Hancock or Chick Corea, and they're going to just vote for them based on the fact that they're nominated the most times. Not to mm. take anything away from John, because he's a great musician. But sure, 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 just, sure, sure. I have a problem with the Grammys in general, and I think that the voting the voting and the whole thing is just a, it's just a popularity game. And... Um, it's nice to win one, but it's just all popularity 90% of the time. So it doesn't really matter. You know, like when certain people are nominated, they're going to win because people know them and they'll vote for them because they don't know anything about jazz and they decide to vote in the jazz category. So let me ask you this. How is the, um, and I don't know if you know, of course, but how are the nominations chosen? Well, it's a similar thing, but it's, um, it's a little bit, it's peer reviewed in certain categories. Um, a little bit differently than than just when it's just the voting members voting for whatever categories they want to vote in. There's like a little bit more control by the academy and the not like to get to the nomination section. It's not as um, not as just popularity contests, and that's how you know people can get nominated, like uh, Dan Pugach, you know, right. one of our artists. What got nominated for uh, the best arrangement with instrument and vocals? Which uh, you know, do you know who won that category? I didn't see. This is uh, one of your favorite records. Oh really? Um, it's actually the Spider-Man theme off that Randy Waldman record. Oh wow! The one that has uh, Take Six and Chris Potter on it. Man, we'll see. There you go. Which is interesting because they lost the round the the category before that. Which is best arrangement, instrumental or acapella? They, they, uh, that album was entered again with uh, the Batman theme that had Winton on it, uh-huh. but they lost to John Diverse's Stars, Stripes, and Forever. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of a whole convoluted system. And um, yeah, I mean, well, let me ask you to this: Do you think um, this issue? Because like obviously there's there's some issues with that and the way that things are interpreted. Because you you kind of hit a big thing is like all these people that aren't necessarily jazz musicians or people that have texted you saying like, well, who should I vote for? You know, and they're having this ability to vote. Do you think that's as big of a, an issue in other categories that are not as like niche or specific, like best rap album or stuff like that? I don't know. I don't. I've never. Um figure that out but I could go and vote for best rap album if I wanted to because I if I just decided I wanted to vote against whoever I thought was going to win <laughs> you know like you only get to pick a certain amount of categories so people generally pick the ones where they have personal connections to and that they know something about you know which makes sense and that's why they allowed it but um and they made you pick categories because they didn't want people that were in one category and had no idea about another category to be to vote voting, for all the rest. You know? So they right, wanted right. to be it. So you could participate in the categories where you're knowledgeable, but it just turned into a different thing, I think. So good intentions, but some still some glitches maybe in the system. Yeah, and I mean they keep trying, but then they'll just like they'll eliminate categories and then it just makes people upset and then they have to like start whole other Grammys, you know, right? So they'll like do it, but like they used to have like a polka Grammy, and they don't have that anymore. You know, like people just get upset about it because it's become such an iconic thing. But 
I mean, it's great for the people, and I'm really happy. I, f- I feel like the nomination is more important than actually winning, I think. Right. So here's a question for you, man. Um, there's this one category, now that we're kind of talking about interesting categories and all, that I'm kind of a little, um, I guess, uh, confused on like what puts you in this category necessarily. Okay. Uh, with that best contemporary instrumental uh, uh, category. Yeah. Because it seems... Um, like, is it a matter of just, like, you're – they're not calling it je- – because, like, I'm looking at it, you know, like, obviously Christian Scott's album's in there. Um, and I wouldn't see him labeling it as jazz in any manner, but, you know, he certainly has a uh, – um, an association as a jazz trumpet player and whatnot. So, like, what necessarily fulfills that? Because the only description it says is, you know, 51% uh, or more playing time of instrumental material and – it contains at least 51% playing time of new recordings. Yeah, so it just has to be not sampled is what they mean. Yeah, because it's just like it's a very interesting, you know, that that one was made up by, you know, Christian Scott's record, The Emancipation, Procrastination, uh, Steve Gadban, Steve Gadban, uh, Modern Lore, Julian Lodge, Laid Back, or Laid Black, excuse me, Marcus Miller, and Protocol 4 with Simon Phillips. I think uh, that it's like kind of a catch-all for like non-straight-ahead non non that can't fit into another category but it's like not like you're gonna say like what christian scott put in that to that category you wouldn't say it's like the best instrumental arrangement you know it's like a track and it has a lot of improvisation and it's like a groove it's like you know right it's not it's it's a it's a place to put other stuff that's not best jazz soloist and like all that stuff Right. I will say it's interesting because, you know, I've like I've never been someone that really watches the Grammys like the night that they're on or whatnot. And I just kind of thumb through the list the next day. And, you know, some categories that I know something about, I might stop and see what one. Sure. But uh, this is the first time I've really seen like ties in category. I didn't really know that that was a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they, the votes just kind of go how they go. And then it's, it can be a yeah. tie. And they give them both a Grammy, I think. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I just didn't, you know, never, like, it never crossed my mind to be like, oh, what happens if they get the same amount of ties? You know, I just feel like they had an odd amount of people, and so there would be no tie. Yeah, no, no, there's there's ties. I remember. Because uh, when I was in high school, I went to the Grammys when I was in the Grammy band, and we went to the pre-telecast, which is what we're talking about, all the, the jazz awards and all that stuff. And there was ties. But I think the thing that stuck out the most, and I'm, I don't know if they still do this category or not, but they had a one for like audiobooks, like a best spoken they word. They do have one for Cotty or yeah, yeah, spoken word right here. Spoken word, yeah. And that yeah, year yeah. Bill Clinton won. <laughs> well, this year Jimmy Carter won. There you go. President um, presidents are dominating the spoken word. <laughs> they also have a comedy record or a comedy album one. Which uh, I didn't know what they did, you know. It, it like it makes sense. It's just I never. Um, I was like Grammys music, you know. Never right. once I look about it and go like, oh, comedy, you know. And Dave Chappelle won. Yeah, it's it's about Grammys are for audio recordings, <laughs> so yeah. not music specifically. It's all audio stuff because there's mixing, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. mastering, there's ma- mis- mixing and mastering for classical and mixing and mastering for pop. It's like you know. So here's what's interesting, though, is like now when you start to really scroll down this long list, um, they start talking about like best engineered album. Mm-hmm. How do you measure that and vote on that necessarily, especially when it's not like different engineers engineering the same piece? You know what I mean? 
Well, I think engineers could tell you more about like that stuff. I think they can hear if you talk to like a really good audio engineer, they can hear like all the plugins, all the preamps, all the compression. They know they're like, oh yeah, that's like this and this this like oh, it's a sure. whole it's a whole scene, you know. And so within that scene, all those people vote in those categories, and that, at least that's how it's supposed to work. Right. Did you also know that there was a Steve Jobs opera? No. <laughs> yeah, the best opera recording. Wow. Wait, first off, let me tell you the <laughs> the, the pieces. Adams. Adams. Which, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Bates. The Revolution, but it has like the R in, in parentheses, so like the evolution of Steve Jobs. Wow. Um, Lully, uh, a Strauss one, and then uh, a Verde one. But yeah, the, the one that the Santa Fe Opera Orchestra did um out there the Bates the evolution or revolution of Steve Jobs one for like best recording of an opera or for best, best opera, opera recording op, best opera recording yeah yeah interesting so that's the performance side not the engineering side yeah 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 so yeah. i'm just uh yeah i know i got off topic i'm just kind of scrolling through and like seeing all these ones that i would have never but they also have one one or there used to be one for like packaging like best packaging oh Album okay packaging. hold on let me yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a category that you can click. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Um, yeah, best recording package. There you go. Best boxed or special limited edition package, uh, which you want to guess who won that one? Uh, David Bowie. No, a Weird Al Yankovic complete works. <laughs> won See? the best boxed or special limited edition. Yeah, man. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's yeah. not just about the music. It's about the whole industry. Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting because like you know, I think so many people just go like Grammys, like obviously those are going to be the best of the best, which I mean they're great. Don't get me wrong, but it's interesting hearing you talk about um, the way that you can vote and whatnot because it's you know it's not like I'm getting any emails that are like hey you want to come vote for the Grammys? Yeah, I mean so my mom is pretty deep into this as well. So I've we've gone pretty deep into like seeing how it works in these smaller categories and. Yeah. Like last year for Lucas Pino's record, um, that's a computer. That's this year's. Uh, last year's. What was it called? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, man, I'm like forgetting people's records. But uh, we did a campaign through this publicist to try to get his record nominated. And it kind of opened my eyes to a lot more things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's a popularity contest. Not always. It sounds like, like politics, like Dan man. Like, like can like, get stuff through. But. Yeah, I think that that had to do with the fact that he did an arrangement of a popular tune, so people knew right. it and actually clicked on it to listen to it. And he's a hustler and probably worked his butt off to try to get it nominated. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You, it sounds a lot like politics, man. Yeah, like, I mean, like there's the way that people lobby. Yeah, I mean, my mom was telling me about there's. I'm not going to name any artist names because I don't remember them probably, but. She's like pretty deep into like the new age scene. And so like they've gotten rid of all the categories except for one for them. And um, just like in jazz, there's multiple ones. There used to be multiples in a lot of these other genres that they've gotten rid of. And so like you, she, since she's like in the voting for that, like that category, people will spend tons and tons of money and send like gift baskets to the voting members and send like have parties and give away like 
expensive stuff like at the parties as like giveaways like just like you know you hear about like the oscars and they get like the promo bags or whatever at the oscars right, right. like it's it's like like that and if you're not like throwing millions of dollars into like hosting parties and convincing people to vote for you like it's really hard to compete with that as just a normal person hmm. well i mean the last two that i think are kind of interesting um because i know that you will never claim that you listen to popular music, but you're aware of it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be aware of things in the world. <laughs> um, for category number 83, the best music video um, actually went to This Is America, that Childish Gambino uh, track. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, that one. And then, uh, you know, as I'm sure you did hear about this, the best music film went to the Quincy Jones uh, documentary. Definitely, yeah. I like that which, documentary. That's great. I was a huge fan of it too. I know that it got some uh, criticism because it claimed that it didn't um, uh, it didn't show his like his his relationships with women enough in it. But I don't know personally. I think that it it highlighted it well. You know, he talked about in there himself where he um, was saying that like because of his work ethic and and the way that he worked and how much he worked and whatnot, like it really hurt um, his marriages. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that there's, yes, I agree that, yes, they did acknowledge it, but I don't think that they really highlighted it as much as, like, it affected his life, you know? It was yeah, marginalized yeah. in a way that, from a, a non-male perspective, I would say, might perceive it differently, you know? Like, right. it, it was a bigger thing, you know, to... Right, right, right. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, myself or whatever, like in those situations and, you know, like he, he, he didn't, he didn't prioritize his uh, relationships over his career, which is fine. But I, I think they did kind of just brush it aside to like emphasize right. the points of his musical career and his greatness. But I think that's the point of the movie. So you can't really blame right. them. They're trying to paint a, a complete picture, but it's always going to have a bias one way or the other. Oh sure, there's. I mean, there's always going to be a caveat, no matter what you say. You know, um, not to say it was it was good or bad, but I think you're right that it kind of hit the like. Yes, there is more to the life of Quincy Jones as a person, but when highlighting his Quincy Jones, the producer, right, or the musician, I think he did a great job um, showcasing all of that and and everything that he did. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I just, I was like, man. That's like an iconic dude right there. <laughs> and Man, just like he, the goat, dude. No, just yeah, just like playing and writing and everything. I'm like, man, that's like a high level to live up to. Right. And, and honestly, it's one of the I know that they released like that uh the Lee Morgan documentary recently. Um and they released that train one. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that was uh the Quincy Jones one was one of my favorites. Um and before that, it probably in I mean this one still might be number one, but was uh, keep on keeping on the Clark Terry one. Okay, I, I you know I never saw the Clark Terry one. Man, it's it's incredibly sad, right? Um, because it's it's very late in his life when they started. But man, it's just like I don't know. I, personally, I've always idolized Clark Terry, and he's just such a great human. And it was very cool to. Uh, you know, having never had the opportunity to meet him and whatnot, it was great to see him in that role um, as a as a teacher and whatnot. Have you read his autobiography? No. God, no. man, what are you doing? The 
the autobiography is also can get a little dark um, just because it was another one of those things where um, and I'm not sure exactly how long he spent writing it, but it went um, the, the ending chapters definitely go up like towards the later of his life. Um, so it's kind of a little bit gets, uh, you know, really like reflecting upon it and all. Sure, sure. But I, I mean, I definitely because um, I, I know you're a nerd about this jazz stuff, too. Like, sure. that's what we do. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy them. Definitely recommend checking it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I didn't intentionally not check it out. Oh, you know, no, man. I, just, I get it. You just hate Clark Terry. Like, it's cool. <laughs> oh, man. Come on now. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, yeah, for a second there, I was, I'll just, uh, I'll just be real. Uh, my dog went to daycare for the first time today. And <laughs> so I got a, an alert that I needed to look at the app to like see what he was doing because he was tackling another dog. At the do- at daycare, in the app alerted no, you to sorry, be like, I got hey. alerted, alerted on my phone oh. that I should look at the app because he was tackling another dog. So and what does that do? Like, what is it? What is he? What is the app like? So you looked at the app because he was tackling another dog, and look at your app. Yeah. Now what happens? I go, oh, that's funny. He's tackling another dog. I hope he doesn't get oh, kicked I out th- of daycare. <laughs> I thought you could like stop him from the app or something. No, no. I mean that would be impressive. Right, like like there's like a little microphone or like a speaker in his collar where you just be like, Duke, stop. Man, genius. That's genius. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's why I momentarily got distracted. But yeah, overall, I think the Grammys are uh, a waste. They could be much more well, well utilized to really like show people you know, from an industry's perspective, like what is good, but it's not, and that's fine. And I've given up on it, man. I think you got to start your own award show, like, uh, your version of the Dundies from the Oscar, from the office, man, the Dundies. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's so petty to like, (laughs) no, to just be like, no, this sucks. We're going to do our own thing. It's just so petty. Right. Just whatever. Like it's fine. Well, that's interesting, man. Like, how do you, um, I mean, like going off of that, where do you find the balance though? You know, like when the difference between like petty, we're going to go off and do our own thing or or like petty, you know, just like screw it versus like that. Hey man, this is like messed up. We got to like, we need to talk about this and fix this a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of the, a lot of what's happening is kind of subversive to the system itself. And it's just a human nature. People with, resources will utilize their resources to procure what they want you know and i think that that's right. just how it is and even if you change the system they'll find a new way to keep doing it um i mean i think people break through like i don't think it's impossible to break through but it's just sure it's really hard and so you know i'm really happy for the people that got nominated and i kind of just leave it there you know like i don't really care who wins like getting nominated to me to me is like more of an affirmation of the quality of that person than you know the fact that they've won a certain number of times right but i have no nominations yet so <laughs> i uh i'm <laughs> you a little petty right now i'm not being i'm not being petty i'm just trying to say like i don't I'm speaking from an outsider perspective, you know. Right. I'd be super pumped if I got nominated. You know, we could talk about another thing, which is, uh, well, how do you think about this? Is it appropriate to try to spin the fact that you were on a Grammy-winning recording as you winning a Grammy on social media? No, not at all. Not at all. I don't think so. I think it's it's perfectly fine to say... um, well, okay, actually, mm, okay, let me ask you a question. Like, 
what role are you on the Grammy nominated album? Like, okay, say you say it's a big band album. Yeah. And it's a large ensemble category and you played second trumpet. Man, I would definitely um I would definitely say that I was a part of a Grammy nominated album. Right. I was a part of it. I would not claim that I won it. I would just claim, you know, and I'm certainly going to claim that and put it in every bio that I've ever submitted it to a degree is saying like, hey, yes. I was a part of the Grammy award winning album, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but so I agree with what you're saying that you would you would say that I was a part of this Grammy winning album, not that I am now a Grammy winner. Now, I will. I'll put this caveat, though, is, for example, um, with that performance, uh, Ogre who that's been going that uh, started up with like Cecile um, McLaurin Savant singing uh-huh. and Darcy James Argue. Yep, Argue. If Argue, sorry, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if Darcy claimed that he won a Grammy for that recording of that, I would be more okay with that because he wrote it, he arranged it. Yes, because he's having a very prominent role in that regards. Or like, if it was. Um, you know anything like with Tony uh, Tony Bennett and Diana Craw where they had like the album where like they're both doing it like if either of them claim that they won a Grammy like that's cool but like if their drummer was there I wouldn't say like ah like you were a, a part or? of this yeah, Grammy that's the question movie. because yeah. I don't either because I was just thinking about that and it's like something I actually played on a children's record and the and something on that record, I forget it was the track I played on or a different track, but something about that record won a Grammy a couple years ago. Right. And like, obviously, like I don't think that I'm a Grammy winner because I played trombone on one track on this album. Right. You know, like it has nothing to do with me. Like now, let me ask you this: um, Let's say you were a part of a, uh, you know, let's say Lucas's band, right? And you weren't on every track. You were like track two and eight, right? Okay. Track three. <laughs> gets nominated for a category yeah wins yeah will you say that you're a part of a grammy award winning album if it's just that track winning for a specific reason mm, this is a good question i guess maybe behind closed doors like on a on a on a, on a what, what did you say a resume yeah on a resume yeah or a maybe. cv or, or something a CV, like yeah i might i might push the envelope there but i'm not going to like make a post on social media so that's what I was saying on social media. Like, should you be doing this? Because now this right. morning, you know, or yesterday morning, I guess, between the two days anyway, like all this stuff kind of popping up. And I'm like, mm, I'm kind of not sure about this because <laughs> you know someone and that it's this exact situation. Oh, huh. maybe that's interesting. Know, maybe you didn't see that way. But it, and it has nothing to do with I don't think people should share the fact that that one and they're proud to be oh, a part sure, of it. Oh, sure, 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 sure. It's just like but it's you different. have to be careful of how you couch, how you word what you say. Right, right. But I think it can claim, it can be a little different. Like, for example, if you are, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, if you're in the bad plus. Well, that's a band. That's different. Right, 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 right. It's the difference between being a band versus understanding I mean, I don't want to say know your place, but like understanding your role in the grander scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it just comes down to more of like a of a, um, a way of the phrasing of it. It's it's the right. it's the way you present it. It's not the fact that you're presenting it. It's just like how you're doing it that needs to be a little bit more tactful, maybe. And uh, man, this is interesting though um, that we're talking about all this voting things because 
I know you follow sports a little bit, but yeah. do you know how the voting's done for the Heisman? Oh, is it similar? Kind of. So, um, and this could be a little outdated. I definitely pulled up an article just to double check because um, I've, I've always kind of known how it's done, but I want to make sure I got like numbers right now. Um, so the majority of Heisman voters are actually sports journalists. Okay. Um, so there's 870 media voters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's It's 145 from each of the six regions. Okay. Right. The other people, the next group that gets a vote on it are previous Heisman winners. Okay. Um, and, but this is, this can be a little fuzzy where, for example, if someone wins it uh, in their underclassmen and then they still remain in school to play, they, a prior winner might also be considered a current candidate in some regards. Okay. But essentially there's 57 winners, prior winners that are eligible to vote. Um, and then the last thing is there's actually one vote um, that Nissan gets because they they're a premier, yeah, they're a premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. Okay. <laughs> um, but what they do is they actually do a survey collected by ESPN. And so whatever gets, it's basically like the people's vote. I see. Um, but they only get a number, they only get one vote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like, it's kind of a, a throwaway a little bit, you know. Sure. Because um, when was the last time, and I don't actually know, but the last time someone in the Heisman won by one vote, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but what's interesting about that is so the way that they do their voting is actually not a pick one. It's that the voters rank. Um, give three selections yeah. and they rank them and they can't mm-hmm. make any duplicates at all. But I think it's kind of interesting what you're talking about that because like the, their, their, their logic behind sports journalists doing it is because they're saying that they're informed, competent, and impartial. Or they should be, but they're probably not. Right. So, yeah, yeah I don't it's know. interesting. I, if they switched it to make it more exclusive to vote, it might change it a little bit. Right. And it's just interesting that, um, and I mean, I completely understand why, like, for example, coaches don't get to vote. Because, like, what coach is not going to vote for their own player? Yeah. But, like, there's also, um, you know, like people, for example, like Urban Meyer or uh, Steve Spurrier. Or, you know, all these great coaches, you know, Saban when he retires. Like, those are people who I'd be like, hey, maybe they deserve a vote in voting for the Heisman, you know? Sure. I mean, so, but then, and then you're, you're going to run into the situation of, like, it becomes then less less sexy to the, for the media. Because, like, right. then the flashy guy is not going to win anymore. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because, you know, you're having like a legitimate process where like right, they're voted boring. on actual then merit. It's, then it's Congress, you know? Nobody watches right. C-SPAN. Right, who needs that? <laughs> Nobody watches C-SPAN. You know? Like, uh, it's like, yeah, if I'm voting and it's only people that are as educated as you or I that vote on these things and like, you know, then like, yeah, no one, no one who catches the popular attention would ever win because we'd be like, no, they actually don't know what a dominant court is. Right. I will say, man, I think, um, and I was thinking about it, and I don't know if this would actually fix any problems, because what do I know? But um, with the Grammy voting, man, I wonder if it would help at all if, like, when you were, and people will automatically argue to say, well, I do, well, you know, all these different genres or whatnot. But what if when you're going to submit, you're able to identify yourself, if you're, you know, you're a musician or producer or whatever, you're, there's a certain number, like two or three genres that you're allowed to identify with, and then those are the genres that you have to vote from those categories. However, you know, and then maybe within those categories, there's only 
four or five. But like if you identify as a um, as a jazz musician, R and B, and instrumental, you know you're not going to be able to then vote in country or or rock or something. Yeah, but what if you play with the Rolling Stones and you play a saxophone? Then you should be able to be in the rock and roll category. There's always going to be Great. exceptions. So identify rock and roll. Like, like it, there just has to be some point though where you got to be like, look, you got to pick what three, you know, what matters yeah. more to you. You're right. You're right. That could be a thing. I mean, that's what they're trying to do by allowing right. you to pick five categories. But, and I mean, the the amount of people that I'm talking about that do like this thing where they text you, <laughs> they'll just text you, which who should I vote for? Is you know small, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I still think it's always going to be a popularity contest. It's, it's right. always high school, no matter what you do. Right. I mean, you know, we can say all we want, but there's always going to be some issue that someone's going to have. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's okay. I mean, I'll be happy. I'm happy to participate in the process. I put my stuff in there. I'm like, I'm not trying to say like I'm a, I'm above it or something like that or like, you know, it's stupid, but it is what it is, you know, and you just have to know when you go into it that. That, that is what it is. And sometimes you break through and people will get through and get one and that's amazing, but it's a, you know, a very rare thing. You know, there was, um, as I pull back up the list, man, there was one award that I'm kind of surprised and I'm not that this person, um, that they didn't win it. The, um, oh gosh, it was the Latin, uh, either best album or large ensemble one. Yep. Um, the Latin jazz one. Yeah, Daphnis Prieto yeah. won. That yeah, I kind of expected that uh, the West Side Story remake to win that. That Daphnis band is really good, and I'm not just is saying it? because I because I play with them sometimes, but <laughs> I'm not like he's Daphnis is like a ridiculous musician. Like it's pretty heavy stuff. Like it's on my list of like you know that's the other thing I use this list for is like you know what what are some things I should go check out. Yeah, I mean I've been a big fan of his musicianship. Com- compositions for a long time before he uh, even did okay. the the big band record but um well that's that's a cool thing because i definitely imagine the um west side story reimagined to get it and i mean it, you know for all we know it could have been second who really knows yeah uh yeah i'm not sure exactly the timing of everything but right well alan it seems like this whole episode turned into just a, a grammy rant Right, right. I mean, you had, okay. a, you had a lot to say about it. I did. I guess you opened up Pandora's box about, about that because I do have a lot to say. But I thought yeah. I thought I could keep it contained, but I couldn't. And it just couldn't. spilled right out. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, I think that's basically – we're going to have to call it for today. But that's good. We have some other future, future topics to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. But um, – yeah, we want to know what you guys were thinking about the Grammys. So leave us some comments in in the uh, comment section or send us an email, info at outsideinmusic.com. Uh, what you guys thought about the Grammy results, What you guys, who you liked, who you didn't like, uh, who, what you thought about the, you know, the telecast or the pre-telecast. We want to hear what you guys have to say. But uh, thanks for being here. This has been episode two of The Hang. My name is Nick Finzer here with Alan Blanchard, and uh, we'll be back again real soon.